This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Live and local in the morning from 6 to 9, covering all of your favorite teams with analysis and opinions to carry you through the morning on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. We want to hear from you. Tweet slash X us at the Blitz 1170 or the text line is always open at 918-262-5072. Now it's time for the Morning Blitz. Here's Rick Corey. Up and at him. Here we go on a Thursday. Good morning. Welcome in. It's 6 a.m. <laughs> I wonder if people who have their radio set to us get tired of me yelling at him at 6 a.m. Get up! <laughs> like, come on, it's other Friday, Rick. I, I cannot help it. I'm, ex- I'm excited to get the day underway. You know why? Because you can't finish it till you start it. So we are about to do that. Well, good morning. Welcome into a Thursday. And by the way, how in the hell is it only Thursday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It has been one of those weeks, or at least it has been around our house, but it hey, happens. At least only one other option, right? Like, Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. either this or Friday, so we're, we're close enough. We are absolutely. Enough. Yeah, so we're getting there. This is, as Bryce said, it's other Friday. So you're going to start sliding into the weekend a little bit right here, especially since it's so cold outside. It's 30 degrees, for God's sake. It was like 65 on Wednesday, and it's 30. And yesterday's wind was a little bit nippy. Uh, and it was strong, too, when I drive to and from Oklahoma City. As I watch them get ready for all the work that's going to be done on the turnpike, where I'm like, Ugh, as we see how we move forward. But you know what? We had a lot to do yesterday, and thank God for women's sports in the state mm-hmm. of Oklahoma. Because if it weren't for the women's sports yesterday, it would have been all a big downer. Hey, we had three losses in college basketball on the men's side. We had two losses in a Big 12 championship on the women's side and a tie in the American Athletic Conference for Tulsa on that side. So thank goodness that the uh, ladies are holding up their end of the bargain, mm-hmm. doing that in softball too, I might add, while baseball for both teams has been eh, okay, but not the same. Um, we had news out of Oklahoma uh, when it comes to football about a former Oklahoma Stater who's going to have to retire, who's been at Oklahoma now for a year. The Thunder will play tonight. Um, what else? What else? Oh, there's a lot of other things. We had Troy Aikman in the building yesterday. Mm-hmm. And although we didn't get a chance to visit with him individually, we did uh, have an opportunity to get the audio that was used. This was one of those situations where Troy was in town to promote his beer yesterday, which, by the way, there's a can of it. Did you take it in there or is it still in here? Oh, no, no, it's still in here. It's in here or in there? Uh, in, in my room. You, okay, you took it. I did. I did. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> there was a can what? of it in huh? here. Is there, there, there is one to your uh, oh, behind behind your computer screen on the ah. right. So Jeremy left us both one, apparently. Sweet. Yeah, okay. So here it is. I'm, I'm holding the 8 beer, which is, you know, it's a very simple can. It's just white, and mm. it's got two squares that are, uh, they're a little darker than Cowboys Blue, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. A little darker than that. Uh, and then it just says 8, and it says Elite Light Lager, and above that it says No Excuses. And then there's, it's 90 calories, 2.6 carbs, which we've heard them say a lot. It says born and raised in Texas. And there is a, there's a QR code on there that you could, you could scan. Okay, so now when it says the ingredients here, uh, the alcohol by volume is, uh, I can't read that percent. 4%. Yeah, 4% uh, per 12 fluid. Average analysis, calories 90, carbs 2.6 or 8, protein 1, and fat 0. Okay, so anyway, he calls it uh, the, the cleanest beer, and said he just, you know, he said he's borderline obsessed with his health, 
And so he wanted something like this. And I, the reporter asked him yesterday, and it was Alyssa Miller, asked him, you know, well, don't you wish you had this when you were playing? He goes, yeah, I do. He said, but in, in, to be all truth told, I've consumed plenty of the other <laughs> after the three Super Bowls. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get a little bit of that from Troy uh, and some of that story. Should be available around you know, now uh, in in grocery stores and places mm-hmm. like that. I saw a picture of it in a grocery store, and honestly, that wasn't a Walmart, I don't think. It might have been a Reese's or a place like that, but you should be able to find it out there. And mm-hmm. I don't think it'll probably be long for its inconvenience stores and places yeah. like that, too. So. You, you can get the OSU and OU beers at mm-hmm. Quick Trip and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So this is surely they'll there, fall should, mine. should be there pretty quickly. And it's kind of cool that this was the second place he brought it. Of course, it was born in Texas. He still lives down there, but they took it uh, there first, but now in Oklahoma second. So we'll do those things today. We have other stuff to cover today here on the Blitz 1170 as well. We're always willing to hear what you'd like to cover too. Um, there was, you know, I, every year in the NFL, they send out a player survey. And that player survey asks an awful lot of questions about everything in your franchise. And it's per franchise. So it'll ask players to rank your head coach, your food, the treatment of the families by the team. Training rooms, training staff, weight rooms, strength coaches, travel, you name it, all of it. And some of the responses are pretty fascinating. And we will get to some of those. Just, you know, across the board, a couple of things you expect. Andy Reid gets an A+. Players love Andy Reid. Not a surprise right there, right? Everybody thinks that's really cool. Clark Hunt, the owner of the Chiefs, gets an F-. minus. Players can't stand him, apparently. And part of that, I mean, at least if you read between the lines, is that um, kind of an arrogance and a uh, a rich guy thing. As a matter yeah. of fact, I saw one story, and I don't know if this is true, because you can say anything you want on the Internet, right? I saw a story that said Clark Hunt does not have a regular suite at Arrowhead. He has a three-story, six-bedroom six bedroom house. So mm. somewhere built into the stadium, according to this, he is a multi-level living structure rather than just a suite because why not, right? Now, again, I'm, I'm not quite sure that's whether it's true or not. There are pictures here that kind of look like maybe it would be. Uh, we've got news from Kansas on a new contract for Lance Leipold. Uh, Brian Thompson is going to take over at Holland Hall. He, uh, you know, after Tad Gross retired after years and years and years, and Brian's been there forever as well as an assistant and a coordinator and a teacher. And Brian's former Tulsa receiver. He has done some sideline stuff for us in football, and he's done some TV work. I got a hold of him last night, and he's going to join us tomorrow, and we'll talk about him taking over that program. Um, let's see what else here. Uh, there was something else I was looking at. Oh, I did see the um, the renderings for the new Arrowhead. When they put okay. in all the, you know, all the money into the renovations. And when once Kaufman is gone and they move the Royals downtown, that beautiful stadium is going to get demolished, which is going to hurt my heart, I promise. Spent a lot of time in there. Uh, and it's going to be kind of a almost, you know, it looks like from the renderings, if they get what they want, it looks like a almost like a chief's flea market. <laughs> There's all these tents that you would see like at a flea market or a state fair or a festival. And basically all looks like going to just be t- kind of tailgating type stuff. If they get what they want, at least according to what those, uh, the pictures looked like in there. So I thought that was, that was something. Um, um, Patty Gasso, we'll have her today as she talks about moving into the brand new Love's Field. 
starting tomorrow. And from what I read, you remember Joe Castiglione said, oh, it'll be ready, (laughs) (laughs) which was pretty much like Joe saying, it'll be ready or you'll sleep with the fishes. Uh, Well, it's going to be mostly ready. Uh, There's not going to be a lot of stuff that's not, but there will be some things, oh, he's admitted, that'll be worked on the rest of the year to get some finishing touches done to the park. But it'll be ready. But when somebody asked her to kind of sum up the time at Marita Hines Field, she got pretty emotional. And we'll hear some of that today as well. Um, and what's on your radar today? Uh, Caitlin Clark continues her record-breaking quest. Mm-hmm. She uh, officially passed the other record now. <laughs> um, broke the NCAA record a couple of weeks ago or a week ago or so. Uh, and broke Lynette Woodard, Woodard's overall just major college women's basketball uh, record last night. So, And there's still one more. There were, still, th- there were three overall. Uh, she has um, Pistol Pete's record. Left. No, there was another woman. There were two females ahead of her, two or three mm. females ahead of her. And they were for, for different things. One was this was before the NCAA was actually a thing for women. And I'll have to go back One and like look at the them AWIA. All up. Yeah, somewhat, yeah somewhat. right. So, but that, but whoever, and I can't remember, I'm sorry, the lady's name, she was in the five grand point range or something. So she was, oh, she was still ahead. I'll have to look it up. At any rate, yes, yeah, she continues setting records left and right. And I wonder, you know, that game against. Indiana was at $491 yesterday, which was the most expensive ticket in the history of women's college, (laughs) women's basketball of any kind, NBA or college. I would imagine that just continues to go up right about now. So Pearl Moore, who played at Francis Marion from 75 to 79, is the AIAW small school overall record holder at 3,884. Okay, and which is still... a couple hundred. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah. That's why when she said, Hey, she's the record setter. Now this woman and this one scored more, but she's the record setter. Like would somebody explain this? <laughs> if, if I'm Caitlin, I'm going to go, okay, let's get all this out of the way now, instead mm-hmm. of talking about which record I'm breaking and make sure that I know what, what all of them are. And you right? know, from her standpoint, I mean, I don't know, maybe she cares. I can't imagine she cares much. She just wants to go play and win. I would think, uh, but you, but I would, you know, I would say if you're going to write a headline like that, it's, you know, Breaks NCAA record, others still looming, or whatever, because there are other issues. Now, if you played at the AIWAAIAQUQFPSTP, hell, I don't care. If you played basketball at a high level on the women's side and you scored more points, it ought to count, in my opinion. So, yeah, she's got one record, but that's not the record, which is still over there, which, by the way, came before the three-pointer. Mm-hmm. So yeah. even oh more impressive. So I, I, you know, I understand why they break it out like they do. Well, let's be at least somewhat clear. It, it's about it's this. not their fault. The NCAA didn't recognize <laughs> that that sport until '82, yeah. right? So it's like There's a lot of things you can say. Well, it's not their fault. The NCAA did this. Yeah, a lot of that happening. It is six ten here on the Blitz eleven seventy. We'll also take your text at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. That's the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma. As we will let you comment on anything you'd like to comment on right about now, it could be you know we're not that far. From spring football, but it really is basketball time, and you rack up three losses last night for our men's team, two wins for our ladies. You can just shoot us your opinion as if you would like. All that to come, plus today we'll be talking to our OU insider, Ryan Aber. Caleb Williams apparently did pretty well in his two years at USC. We'll have that story for you. Already Mm -hmm. talking now about a 14-team playoff and extending bowl season. Bryce found that as well as I did, and we'll talk about that one for you as well. Coming up today right here on the Blitz 1170. Don't look now, but the Blitz is on TikTok. Follow along at the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.
The OU women's basketball team are back-to-back Big 12 champions after beating third-ranked Texas last night, 71-70. It's their 12th win in the last 13 games. When the Sooners were down 70-68, it was Lexi Key's three-pointer that ended up saving the day. Rebound. Keys for three. Good! The OU men's basketball team fell to eighth-ranked Iowa State, 58-45. Rivaldo Soares is the leading scorer for the Sooners with nine points. Next up for OU, they'll host former Sooners coach Kelvin Sampson and top-ranked Houston Saturday night at the LNC. And the Oklahoma State Cowboys lost to UCF 77-71. This guarantees a losing record in the regular season as the Cowboys fall to 12-16. John Michael Wright led the Cowboys with 22 points. Next up for the Pokes, it'll be, they'll be at Texas on Saturday. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson on the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We do, we do, right here inside the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. I am Rick Corey. That is Rysol's in the other room. You are at home at 918-262-5072. Who knows? You might already be at work. Let me know where you are. It's good with me. 918-262-5072 here on the Blitz 1170. All right, so how much of the Foul Fest did you watch last night? And that's what I, it was. It was a foul fest. I, I fortunately had some dinner plans that kept me away from it for uh, <laughs> most of the first half before I went back and kind of did a run through. Yeah, that was one of the ugliest yes. games I think you could think of. So was so was Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, especially on the on the scoreboard. Um, Both of those were neither. Nobody could shoot it last night, and I mean, I'm sure you could say everybody played decent defense, but OSU and UCF were in the 70s, so. It yeah. wasn't as much that as it was failed offense. <laughs> uh-huh. And and I think it was a, a pretty big ref show for both teams. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there was a lot of involvement there. Like you said, yep. 66 free throws is just really crazy. Uh, yeah, and then I was also very disappointed by – a part of me gets it, but just that was one of the worst crowds I think I've seen at GIA. What did they announce? Ever. Do you know? I, I don't know what they announced officially. Um, I'd have to go and look back, back up. But, I mean – it, uh, it, it was it was November against so and so university esque, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then the problem with that is you just had a really nice couple of crowds there, and yeah, you lost Bedlam, but look, it was a one in ten shot, and you played good defense on the yeah. shot, and yeah, you could go back and you could point out this and that and the missed free throw. I get all that, but still, and now look at look what happened. You're at Texas, you have Tech at home, and you're at BYU. It's not exactly the easiest three to close. No, no, not at all. Uh, the announced attendance, by the way, was 5,044. What do you think was really there? Uh, I'd say close to 3,000. Mm. Yeah, and, okay, it's a Wednesday night at the mm. end of the year for a team that isn't great. I get it. But still, right. man, if you if you want to be fan, I mean, if you're going to complain about the program, then you, don't you have to be a good fan too? Which means, that's, I mean, that's the whole thing with fans. You show up. Mm-hmm. You show up and you're there when they're good and when they're not good. And sure, it's okay to bitch and whine and, whine and moan. I get that. You have the right to do it when you buy a ticket. But if you if you don't buy a ticket and you just sit home and do it, well, are you really doing any more than they are? Because they're working at it every day. Yeah, yeah, they're the ones having to show up. They're I trying. Mean. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, they're not playing well, but they're, you know, they are, they're out there. They're sweating. They're doing their thing. Are they good? No, not great. 
And, you know, and I really yeah. thought after the two wins and the close loss, I thought, all right, not so bad. And, you know, it's not that you know UCF beat Kansas, right? They beat Oklahoma down there, but they have been a horrid road team. And now suddenly yeah. they, they go win, win that one. I, and I, I don't know what else you can say, and I don't know. I feel bad for Mike Boynton. I mean, he yeah. looked like he had him kind of turned around, and I think we all want good things for him, and now we're back to this conversation. We ended up having one of those moments where – you know, it seemed like OSU was controlling the game, and mm-hmm. then UCF's able to go on a run, right? They're able to go on like a little 8-0 run, yeah. mm-hmm. OSU chips back into it, then the US, UCF goes on a 7-0 run, and they're starting to get them at arm's length. And then you have a moment in the end of the game, uh, it's just, they're just not very clutch. You know, they, they're down by five or six with under two minutes left. They get it down to, uh, down by three, get a turnover with a minute left, and go on a fast break and blow the layup, you know. So blow the bunny. Yeah. Well, and you know, he you uh, heard coach there talk about well, you know, when Javon Small got you know his third foul, it kind of changed everything. It's unfortunate that you're at a point in the program where the guy who ends up being your third leading scorer having a single foul makes a difference for your basketball team. Yeah. So I mean, John Michael had 22, Daly had 15, Small had 13. Now he missed some time, as he said, because of the foul. But if you're at the point where Javon Small is the guy that turns your basketball team, and look, nothing against him, but if he's the guy that turns the team and suddenly it's not going well because of the one guy who's quite honestly not the front guy anyway, then that probably says something about your talent level. Yeah, and I think that it's especially concerning because, you know, we've seen what Jamiron Keller has been able to do recently uh, in his place. And I think he has made tremendous strides over the course of this season. And you'd think that that's something that they would be able to build on to, mm-hmm. along with John Michael Wright's you know, deep-level scoring ability. Eric Daly has gotten his points in the past couple mm-hmm. of games. Uh, for, for it to make that much of a difference against a team that I think you really had a good opportunity against, I mean, it's just hard to believe. Well, I think what UCF has won, what, two road games in the Big 12? Something along mm-hmm. those lines. They've been good at home. But they've only yeah. won, I think, a couple of road yeah. games. All right, At so Texas is one of them. I mean, yeah. realistically, okay, realistically, if you're going to rate Javon Small first through fifth as far as starters go, talent wise and importance, where do you put him? Uh, I mean, I'd probably put him at two, one, one, one or two. Uh, I think he's very important to the team. And John Michael um, to me is number one. But okay, uh, I mean, to me as a scorer, as a leader. As a guy who's been around, as a guy who seems to handle the pressure, and there's a lot more to this than just athletic ability. You also have to be somebody who can face up when when the heat turns on in the oven. Yeah, you got to be able to stick your head in there. And some of those guys can, some can't. Mm-hmm. And just because you can score doesn't mean you can. But I mean, he seems like a guy to me that can. So, well, and, and but that's that's I understand that though because. Again, if Small gets that foul and he starts kind of having to sit on the bench more, John Michael Wright has been a guy that can score at will, and especially uh, even though he's an undersized guy, has been able to shoot the three. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if even if you're on him, uh, he's a guy that where if your hands are down, he's always going to go for it, and he can create a and, shot. Yeah, and he can create a shot. Uh, Javon Small, I think he's a a better. He's probably the best facilitator on the team. I think he's been able to see things play out ahead of time um, as good as anybody on that team has since probably Kate Cunningham Mm -hmm. (laughs) in terms of just being able to see a play unfold. But that's the thing is uh, as good as I, as as much as I like that for it to fall that much, you know, if he's not much of a a threat anymore for him, for it to be the reason you lose. Yeah. Tells me something about overall. Now, look, I know they're without Bryce. 
Mm-hmm. I get that. And that that hurts a little bit. But, you know, to me, the biggest thing you're without is a Musa Cisse, a guy like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, something to kind of slow things. Mm-hmm. And That's the thing. I've liked, I like Garrison, but, again, he's still a young, young. kind of reckless player, mm-hmm. and he, he fouled out. Uh, yeah. Last night, so. yeah, it was an absolute foul fest. It's disappointing, is what it is, because now at Texas, oof, uh, and then I think it doesn't get any easier. Really, Tech, and then BYU is a team that just beat Kansas in Kansas, mm. so mm. and they're kind of pushing toward the end of the year, and they are one of those really technical teams. So you better not yes. play loose, or technically they will just beat you. And then the same for Oklahoma. I mean, scoring forty five on the road at Iowa State. Now I know that's a really good Iowa State defensive team. But 33% for both, 3 of 17 from 3, and nobody in double figures. That is a big old egg laid right there. Yeah, that's tough, especially just in Hilton Coliseum. I mean, it, it, you, need, you need something going your way in terms of being able to get more baskets to fall. And just, it, it's, it, Iowa State's a team where if they can make it ugly, it's really bad news for you. And they like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they're fine with it. They don't, they, to them, 58 45, that's a hell of a win. They are mm-hmm. good with that. You know, and, and that's the the worst output point wise under Porter Mosier and one of the worst shooting percentages under Porter Mosier. And they don't have it a whole lot easier either. They go to Cincinnati, to Houston. They, host, Houston? Host, they Houston. host Houston. So still not easy. Then they have Cincinnati, then they're at Texas. So, I mean, yeah, okay, so you have Cincinnati, and on the road, Cincinnati's not as good as at home. Houston, even on the road, is pretty doggone good, and then you have to go to Texas, who's already good. Now, I think it's really cool that you close out the year of the regular season year there, hmm. you know, at Texas, but still. And then, you know, Tulsa, last time they played UTSA, blew them out, scored 107. Yeah. And now they, they scored 73, so we're talking about a 34-point difference. I felt really, really confident going into this one, and especially I feel like it was a missed opportunity to really get some cohesion going, you know, in terms of the way your season's been kind of up and down to be able to string together, you know, two or three wins. At the end, yeah. Yeah, and especially in terms of keeping that winning record and keeping your hopes alive, at least for an NIT bid. One in ten on the road this year. Now, not bad at home, and that's good because last year at home, they couldn't win either at home last year. 14 and 14 right now. So, I mean, are there possibilities for that stuff postseason? Maybe, I don't know. But they're 14 and 14, obviously not a great league record. One and 10 on the road. They'll be at Temple Saturday, and it's not the Temple of old. But as I've mentioned before, anytime you go to Philadelphia to play, it's a street fight. Mm-hmm. And so that one will still be interesting, too. And we'll kind of see how they roll on into the tournament for them. And they're going to be one of those teams when you're in the middle of the road like that. You you get catch fire in the tournament, and who knows? Now, I'm not saying you're going to go win it. I'm not saying that at all. But And and, and honestly, in those situations, I don't know that you want to. Because if you do, you go to the NCAA and you just get your clock cleaned in game one. And, yeah, you had the experience. But when they talk about, you know, kids need to experience that, look, I've been a part of a team who did that. One, weren't you know, yeah, they were fine in Conference USA. I mean, they were in the middle of, you know, they were toward the top of the pack in Conference USA. They were talented. They go down to, to El Paso and win the tournament. And you come home and they send you to play UCLA in San Diego. And you just get thumped. Now, they'll tell you all day, well, that's a, you know, the kids need to experience what that tournament thing's like. What they just experienced is just getting their butt kicked. And, yeah, they got a trip to San Diego out of it that lasted a day and a half. But but what about losing to a team like that? And, I mean, losing fairly big to a team like that is supposed to be encouraging. What about that? Is it supposed to be like, well, I'm going to I'm gonna show them, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to beat those guys? No, you're not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe one out of ten. They did it down in Oklahoma City with Tubby many years ago. Different yeah. team. 
including a guy who's just got voted into the Hall of Fame by our committee, Gary mm. Collier. Uh, but, but I mean, come on. I, I like going to tournaments. I get it. But I'd rather go to a tournament like the NIT and play deeper. Play three or four games. Play other teams that are about you or better than you. That's fine, too. I don't think, personally, you learn anything by getting your rear end handed to you by somebody who you're going to beat one out of 20 times. Personally, that's just me. Do, do you disagree? I mean, I think I disagree a little bit in terms of uh, thinking about other smaller schools, maybe even just when it comes to the that, that 14 through 16 seed range. And I and I get that that sounds much worse because they lose a lot more. Yep. But just because of how rare it is for them to even be put in a position like that. And I, and I get that, you know, recently Tulsa hasn't been there quite a bit uh, as much as they'd like to be. But I feel like it's just a good opportunity, um, I don't know, to, to experience it when you're a pretty small school. And I, and I get that by the numbers, Tulsa is the smallest school, but again, they have more of a history of making the insane right here yeah. and there. So in your mind, if you go somewhere like that, the experience of actually going there overcomes the experience of getting your tail kicked. Yeah, because I here's a part of it, too, is I just feel like you have to have a chance at the, if you have an opportunity at the highest level, you just, you have to give yourself that chance. I remember talking to a friend this season, this football season, and he was kind of jokingly, but not really seriously saying, man, a part of me hopes OSU loses to BYU because I don't want to face Texas in the championship. And I remember thinking, yeah, like that's, that's funny and everything, but you have to play for a championship. You know what I'm saying? And it's like going into that game, I wasn't very confident that OSU could handle Texas and what they brought to the table, but you have to play for a championship. So I feel like I think that's the kind of the way I look at it with NCAA tournament is I understand if you're, you know, whatever school going up against a number one seed that's like like a Houston or a UConn, yeah, you're probably going to get your clock cleaned, but you have to take that opportunity. 76.59, by the way, is how much UCLA beat Tulsa by. And, uh, I, you know, post-game, I didn't see a whole lot of, boy, I'm sure glad we got to come here. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that. I, and mm-hmm. I would, I've been a part of a CBI team that played seven games. And is it's the CBI and nobody cares, and they still make fun of the banner. But they played seven more games. And mm-hmm. those games were meaningful to them. They were hard, scrappy, keep going, keep practicing games that actually made them better for the next season. And am I saying you should go to the CBI rather than the NCAA? No, I'm not. I just, you know, I think for some teams, I would rather go to the NIT and play two or three. Like you can't help but feel worse is what you're you're kind of saying is like, even though a deeper run in the NIT probably doesn't count as much, people aren't going to remember that as uh, fondly as just getting that NCAA banner up there. You can't help but the immediate feelings that you have after either or. I don't think what other people think about it matters. I think what matters is what the players think and what coaches feel and okay. think because people who are going to come back next year who just, just got, you know, hey, we got to go to San Diego and we just got annihilated. Mm-hmm. So that makes you think what? When you when you get to hit the practice court next year, that's going to make you motivated because you think you're going to go beat UCLA? I, I, I don't know. To me, I, what I saw in the locker rooms in those situations after NIT games, after NCAA games, now look – I saw a lot of teams, too, a lot of Tulsa teams that would go lose that first round of the NIT, and it was just as bad, <laughs> you know, yeah. to lose it right state, you know, and, and that kind of thing, just as bad. 
and they felt the same way, and probably worse than the guys who got to go to UCLA and, and do that. But, uh, but there's, there's more of an opportunity there. I, I, well, to me, the more games you can play and the more confidence you can gain by the by that, that that the, that the city or somebody outside that or a crowd goes, yeah, but remember when we went to the NCAA? Yeah. But as a player, sure, you might ten years later go, well, that's pretty cool. We got to play UCLA, and uh, you know, and was it O'Bannon? I think it was still there. Um, I can't remember. Uh, I think that was the case. Anyway, um, you got to play UCLA as opposed to, you know, we won the CBI. Now, nobody cares, but we played seven games, hard games, and won the CBI, including that three-game series against Bradley. I'm sure most people are going to probably disagree with me. I just – I would prefer to watch a team actually feel better about themselves at the end of the year from having accomplished something. And I guess getting to the NCAA, sure, that's an accomplishment, but – I don't know. I'd rather play two or three personally and just get that work. And do you think that helps in terms of the – do you look at it at all as uh, helping for the future as well, just building onto the next season? Well, I know it did. Keeping in, that. I know it did in, in the CBI year. I mean, I, I yeah. know that as they followed that, you know, and I know after those NIT losses, you probably didn't do much good. And that was a team – those were teams that underperformed anyway. When you had Ben Uzo and you had Jordan and you had Justin yeah. Hurt and you had Glenn Andrews and those guys, come on. Ben Uzo's, how Uzo's you, in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. How, how how well, and he has been multiple times uh, – you know, Shaquille Harrison has had times in the NBA. Yeah. Justin's he played started over- for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Justin played overseas for a long time. And remember, in that grouping in there were guys like Clarkson, who's been a longtime mm-hmm. NBA player, yeah. right? And he was now he was different when he was here. He was a little, had a little Lance Armstrong in him. Let's just mm-hmm. put it like that. But he, he was a really he was a hell of a player. Uh, and that team had opportunities. They all underperformed somewhat. Which is too bad. And look, I'm just basing it on what I've seen because I'm, I'm probably wrong. I usually am. You're welcome to disagree at 918-262-5072. So it's a philosophical question, and it's easy to say, well, it's my team, so I want them in the NCAA. Is that really better for them if you don't think they have much of a chance to win a first-round game? Or would you rather see them go to an NIT or something like that and play more than one? Let us know at 918-262-5072 here on the Blitz 1170. Well, I don't know the answer to that. I do know the answer to this. I do know that if you need a garage door on your house, I have a brand new and the best option for you ever. It's really not a new option. Let's just say it's been referred. Overhead Door Company of Tulsa's commercial division now owns Overhead Door Company of Tulsa's residential as well. Something that the Sanders family brought here in the mid-60s, and then they split off, diversified, and began doing commercial doors. And these aren't just overhead doors. They're all kinds of doors. They're the kind of doors that pull down on delivery vans or the kind of grates that cover concession stands. There can be high-speed or multi-sectional steel doors, fire doors, freezer doors, you name it. Those are all commercial doors. But normally what we think of as commercial doors are the kind of things that, the say, the, the city of Tulsa has on police and fire stations. And by the way, those are taken care of by Overhead Door Tulsa's commercial division. But they had split off to do that because it's very much a specialized thing. Well, not long ago, Frank Jr. thought, you know, I think we should reacquire the residential division and how they have. So the great news is that for you and me and anyone else who owns a home in Tulsa, you can now have the same quality, the same expertise, the same five to six decades of experience and service for your door at home. And I'm telling you, garage doors, they're not like they used to be. (laughs) This isn't just something you go outside in one hand all the way up. You can put anything in there you want. You can have the openers like I have that you can work from anywhere. I can see inside my garage anytime. I've got codes to be able to open and close it. You can use the Amazon delivery. All those things can be done. Technology can be updated. And 
the doors can actually make your house look better. And you can also go just good old plain basic door. I just want it to open and close. And then they come, you know, when it comes to the overhead door, the operators they use, and I'm talking about the doors that, you know, the openers and closers, those have to be right, and they are. Everything you've always expected and thought of and, and had from the commercial division is now available again in residential. This is fantastic news. It's simple enough. You go to overheaddoortulsa.com. It's that simple. Overheaddoortulsa.com. And you can click on either residential or commercial. The Blitz text line is always open. 918-262-5072. You can text us anything you want at any time. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma State Cowboys lost to UCF last night, 77-71. to This guarantees a losing record in the regular season as the Cowboys fall to 12-16. and John Michael Wright led the Cowboys with 22 points. Next up, the Pokes will be at Texas on Saturday. The Oklahoma City Thunder carry a six-game winning streak into San Antonio tonight as they'll take on the Spurs. Oklahoma City is 2-0 so far this season against the Spurs. Tip-off is at 7.30. And Caitlin Clark continued her record-breaking, record-breaking quest as she passed KU legend Lynette Woodard for the major college women's basketball scoring mark in Iowa's 108-60 win over Minnesota. She has 18 points from Pete Maravich's all-time record for NCAA men's and women's basketball. That's the window world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. That is the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line, and we would love to have you on it at 918-262-5072. 640 on the Blitz 1170. I'm Rick Corey. That right there in the other room is Bryce Hulse. I, I was looking it up to make, sh- to, to make sure I was right, uh, or <laughs> I'm never right, but to see how close I was. <laughs> that team that... Um, the uh, the team that won the CBI ended up being 25 and 14, but they had to get that 25 by winning seven, I think it was, in the CBI. But the next year's team went 25 and 11. So it kind of launched them off yeah. toward a really good year, or, you know, a, a, for them, a really good year. I mean, right now, if you were TU, would you take 25 and 11? You probably would. Sure. And I think Eric Conkle's working toward that. But so just to my point, you know, and, uh, and I'll have to go back now and look at the year after that. Uh, loss you know to ucla and the ncaa's and again not that it's a bad thing although i will say this from a standpoint of what we do the ncaa is a gigantic pain just a gigantic pain. I, they didn't want to let me in in san diego because my pass said rick Corey, not ricky lee Corey. and that's my real name that's my uh. given name ricky lee born in the south right it's not richard is ricky lee and so um, they asked for my pass. I showed them, and they asked for my ID. I showed them. Well, yeah, they don't, those don't match. Are you kidding? We're in a we're in a basketball arena in San Diego. I think Nate Bargatze, the comedian, has a has a bit about that where it's just like you can bridge that gap, though, right? You can see how we got from what's on my license to no. He couldn't. <laughs> this dude couldn't. I mean, and I understand he was just some paid lackey. You're doing what he had been told to do, but you give somebody, you some people, you give a little power, and right. And I said, look, I mean, it's clearly me. There's a picture of me on both. Yes, but it's got a match. My for God, take this is not immigration. I'm not trying to. I'm not crossing a border. I want to go into an arena. You're you're one of those crazy guys that's an imposter for a TU radio crew, right? right? Well, I said that to him. I said, you you found me out. 
I traveled all the way from Tulsa to steal a media pass that no one else will know. And I happen to look like the same guy and have, the, by the way, the last name spelled exactly the same. And try looking that up to see how many of us there are left in this country, and there aren't yeah. very many. And then finally, I mean, there were people stacking up behind me. Bruce was already inside. And people stacking up beside, behind me. And I finally said, look, I'm going to go in. If you want to have me arrested or send somebody to get me, I'll be at the broadcast table, but I'm going by you. Mm -hmm. He tried to stop me, and I just pushed my way by. And nobody ever, you know, and I sat there kind of like looking over my shoulder for a while. (laughs) Waiting for that's him, officer. (laughs) Well, because when you get there, you know, there's somebody else in your broadcast location generally because there's more than one game. So, like, for instance, when we were in, you know, when you go to a conference tournament, the same thing will happen because there's a number of broadcasters, right? So, and it just used to irritate Bruce like crazy. We'd be sitting there at a table, and there would be people standing right behind us, just looking over our shoulder because they want to get their equipment set up. And you understand that because you yeah. you got your post game done, they got to get into their pregame, and you're trying to get it all done in a, in a short period of time. And look, there's a lot of wires and things like that to undo and take you know take out and not get you know torn up and all that. Well, the NCAA. There was only a couple of broadcast locations, and they were being taken. So he had gathered the equipment, and I couldn't even be down there. There was no room. So I'm up in the, I'm sitting up next to Bill Plasky from the L.A. Times and had a really nice conversation with him because he's one of my favorite writers. And I realized when I sat down who it was, and I didn't say a word. Uh, but then he asked – he was talking to his buddy next to him, and he was asking about the Tulsa team. And I said, by the way, I'm their color guy. There's whatever you'd like to know. And so we had a nice conversation with Bill. So I wasn't even where they could find me initially. <clears throat> but I did find out, obviously, go down there. And uh, no one ever came in and said anything. I'm assuming that uh, whoever the lackey was, he just figured, okay, I lost. <laughs> and yeah. he let it go at that. But he, he saw the gigantic line of people and was like, okay, I have other things to deal with yeah, here. But that's how the NCAA <laughs> treats you. Meanwhile, you go to the NIT or the CBI just didn't even ask. It's like, I figured if you're there, there's a reason, right? And the NIT, they don't care. I mean, my pass could have said. You want to be here. Yeah, my pass could have had your picture. It wouldn't have have made any difference. They don't me. me. Yeah, he's right. I mean, because those are going to be done like we were at Wright State, Tulsa was. We were at Kent, you know, and Mm. places like that, right? And I know in J.D. Barnett's year, we played one NIT game at Oklahoma and one at Oklahoma State. Well, when we walked into Gallagher-Iber for that OSU-NIT game, that's, you know, that was Eddie's team, and so they weren't used to going to NITs, yeah. and there was not a lot of interest. <laughs> so we <laughs> walked in, and we were by ourselves getting into the, into the building. So, it, yeah, it's a, it's a different monster the way they treat you. At any rate, uh, I just wanted to see what you think about that. Would you rather go to an NCAA tournament and lose, or would you rather go play more than one in another tournament? And it's a good basic argument that we've had really for a lot of years. And I think every coach would tell you, I want to go to the NCAA. Every coach would say that. Partially, I think, because it's a resume thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it brings job security. <laughs> yeah, it's a resume thing. And then partially, too, because, okay, that is the pinnacle. Mm. Is That's the thing. You're going there. You know, you can say all day that you won the European Football League, but it doesn't. it's not the same as the Super Bowl, right? So but, I, I, I mean, mean I d- depending on what school you're from, too, I mean, if you make the NCAA tournament a bunch of times, and again, this probably depends on what level you're exactly you're at, but if you make it eight or nine times in 10 years and you lose in the first round every single time, then that starts to become a big, you know. <laughs> <A> problem? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, well, maybe we should just. Well, most of those teams don't make it that many times, though. Right. I mean, so that's gonna, the thing is that's yeah. more of a criticism, mm-hmm. you know, once you get to the power five level where it's yeah. like you haven't won an NCAA tournament game in however many years. I mean, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So that doesn't that doesn't happen often. And, you know, it, it's worthwhile when you see the upsets. And occasionally you see the Florida Gulf Coast and the Belmonts. Of course, they were really good, and we just didn't know that at the time uh, under 
the Brad Stevens, and you see those teams that will kind of rise up and do those things. And, and it was, and I will say, you know, that, that run that Tulsa made under Danny to get to the NCAA back in 2014, you know, there in, in, in El Paso was really, really cool. And I've, I'm, I've not seen a more excited team afterward than that. And then yeah. at the at, at the you know announcement of you get UCLA, they were very excited. Yeah. Not the same as after the UCLA game, uh, you know, same kind of mood. But they were, and I get it, man. I, I still have a piece of the net uh, awesome. that they that they brought us at the end of that uh, tournament, which was, again, I mean, that part of it was really fun. But mm-hmm. I do uh, I, I do like the fact you get to play a little more. Six forty seven here on the Blitz eleven seventy. He is Bryce Hulse. I am Rick Corey. You'll have this day in sports history coming up in just a minute or two. We have Ryan Aver, our OU insider, coming up. I want to ask him a lot about Love's Field. I know he'd been by a couple of times. I don't know if they've had media tours. Have you seen anything about no, that? No, I haven't seen that. <clears throat> I haven't either. But they're opening it tomorrow, so you know it's got to be mostly ready. And mm-hmm. I know Patty Gasso actually snuck down on the field. She said, I don't know how, but I got to field level. I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> and she said the place was awesome. So you better let her, of all people, be able to do that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> she said the place was awesome just there, just looking out at the field. But I, she also got pretty emotional when she talked about Marita Hinesfield. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to talk to uh, Ryan about that, about the series as they open there and about like, you know, really where we are. And then plus with, for Porter Mosier's team, what does he expect as we get toward tournament time? Oklahoma losing last night, still has Houston, Cincinnati, and Texas. And okay, he, they'll, they'll be underdogs against Houston. They will be favored against Cincinnati. And at Texas, my guess is, They'll be an underdog. So you're probably going to be an underdog easily in one, probably Mm -hmm. in two. And then you've got a Cincinnati team that hasn't won a lot on the road but has been really tough. It's not an easy three to end. Where does he expect things are? They will do that with our OU Insider coming up. But next, it's time for this day in sports history right here on the Blitz 1170. The Blitz 1170, your new home for Rich Eisen. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The OU women's basketball team are back-to-back Big 12 champions after beating third-ranked Texas last night, 71-70. It's their 12th win in the last 13 games. When the Sooners were down 70-68, it was Lexi Key's three-pointer that made the difference. Rebound. Keys for three. Good! The Oklahoma City Thunder carry a six-game winning streak into San Antonio tonight as they'll take on the Spurs. Oklahoma City is 2-0 so far this season against San Antonio. Tip-off is at 7.30. That's the Wonder World of of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.